A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode was recorded live at Skonra, Samhain at the Cellar, an immersive night of music, myth and storytelling celebrating the Irish origins of Samhain through the voices and mediums of modern creators. It took place on November 4th, 2023. The audience are standing, staring at an empty stage when the following message plays over the speakers. You're listening to Petrified. This episode, Georgie. This is a message from Liam and Peter, the creators of Petrified. Sorry we can't be here tonight. So to make this work, we need help from a certain woman in the audience. She already knows who she is. She's looking around. You're looking around at everyone else. But it's you. You know it's you. It was always going to be you. When I say your name... You might be tempted to pretend it's not you. You might be tempted to leave. Don't do either of those things or you will ruin everybody's night. And you don't want that. On the stage is a chair and a script. When I say your name, will you climb up on the stage and sit down in the chair and pick up the script and start to read? Please do. Do you understand? It's very simple. Your name is Georgina McKevitt. Please do what you were asked. We are waiting. (laughs) That was creepy. Is that okay? Is that okay? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Scarlet. Okay. Um, hello. My name is Georgina McKevitt. That's true. Uh, I'm very nervous. Not really. <laughs> um, but there's no need to get stage fright. It's good to know. Su- surprised that it is. All I have to do is read. The creators of Petrified were asked to be here tonight. Petrified is a horror fiction podcast. After speaking to the organizers of tonight's wonderful event, pause for cheers and applause. Um, The Petrified team said they would create a reading especially for the show, something spooky. They also said yes because they knew I, me, Georgina McKevitt, would be here tonight. They'd been in contact with someone who knows me. Creepy. Um, it's definitely one of them. Uh, let's get to the promise to Sconra out of the way, and then we can get to the meat 
I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> Georgina, please put on a posh accent. It will make the reading sound spookier. Like what? November 4th, 1963. No, okay, I won't go there. Um, <clears throat> what's posh? Okay. November 4th, 1963. A simple house in Drimna. That's where I grew up. Uh, Jane woke up with a start at 5 a.m. She was on the sofa. Waking up early was her life now since she'd had her baby four months ago. A little girl. The baby was in a pram beside the couch, fast asleep. She was a good baby. She'd slept through the night, but Jane hadn't. She'd only gotten to sleep at 3 a.m. She hadn't even meant to sleep. She just nodded off. Jane hadn't meant to sleep because since Halloween, the same thing had happened each of the last four nights. Jane's usual plan would be to put the baby in her cot and then come downstairs and watch a bit of RTE before it stopped broadcasting at 10 p.m. Then Jane would take out the knitting and work on the jumper she was making for her dad. The plan was to keep going till midnight and then to go to bed herself, ready to wake when the baby cried for a feeding. On October 31st, Jane sat up, knitting. She turned the lights down so she could pretend there was no one home when the kids came knocking for sweets. This was the first year she hadn't done her usual traditions. Being a new mother took it out of her. At 11.55 p.m., Jane put down her knitting. She had to stop because her hands were shaking so badly. Because Jane had an awful feeling there was somebody upstairs leaning over the baby's cot. Jane sat there trembling and in her mind's eye she could sense the person upstairs leaning over until their face was inches away from the baby's. This went on until midnight, and then the spell seemed to break. Jane ran upstairs, and of course, there was no one there. On November 1st, Jane downstairs sensed the thing upstairs over the baby's cot. On November 2nd, the same November 3rd was her dad's anniversary dinner. Did we mention he was dead? The plan with the jumper was to finish it and burn it in the fire on the anniversary. Jane hadn't finished in time. November 3rd, 
The neighbors sat in with the baby, and Jane went to the anniversary drinks in the pub and pretended to be sad, while her mom and her weirdly forgiving and apparently forgetful brothers cried over the man Jane hated. Jane got home at 12.30. Her neighbor was on the sofa with a big white face holding a crying baby. What's wrong? Jane shouted, running over and grabbing the baby, holding her up and checking her for blood or bruises. The white-faced neighbor replied, She's grand. It's, it's just me being in Egypt. I just, I, I had a horrible feeling that there was somebody upstairs leaning over the baby's car. The neighbor left, glad to leave. Jane put the baby in the pram and worried about what to do. And then it was November 4th. As Jane had slept, accidentally slept, downstairs. In those long hours before sleep, Jane had remembered when she was small and how her horrible father had told her all about sound and Halloween. He knew all about it because his own mother had been a Kalok, a witch. Jane's dad had kept up her practice. No neighbors fucked with Jane's dad. No bosses told him off when he did nothing at work. No wife answered back to him. No matter how much he hurt the kids. Because Jane's dad had kept a lot of books his mother had once owned. Books filled with things to be read when the moon was full. When the moon was waning. When the moon was dim, great books. Books that were disposed of the exact same night he had died. Get that filth out of this house, Jane's mother had said. Funny how now, a mere few years later, the man was a saint now he was dead. But isn't that always the way? Jane's dad had said Sam was the night when the veil between the worlds of the living and the dead was at its thinnest. He said it was the night when the dead could return to their families, that people who didn't want to see their ghostly family member would disguise themselves with masks and leave offerings on the front steps to appease the dead when they came knocking for treats. He said this was where modern Halloween traditions had sprung from. Fires would be built on hilltops, burning animals, sacrifices for the dead, chiniknov, bonfires, bonfires. He'd said, if traditions weren't followed, maybe the dead wouldn't return to the other side when the clock struck midnight, ushering in November 1st. Jane remembered her dad had died roaring in James's hospital at 11.55 p.m. Jane remembered being glad he was roaring. Jane's re Jane realized her dad 
was the thing upstairs. Well, she thought, it looked like dear old dad had come back to take away her one joy. Perhaps it was because of all the years of burning jumpers. Jane got up and washed herself and washed the baby. She went to the old woman two roads over who knew things. The old woman said Jane should have kept the Halloween traditions. She should have given her father a sacrifice, and now he was coming to claim his. What could Jane do, she begged. Make a sacrifice. Make a bargain, she was told. But it had to be a blood sacrifice of her own blood. Jane thought hard, but she didn't think long. Well, Dad wasn't getting this beautiful baby, that's for sure. But what if Jane made a bargain that he could have her baby's baby? Better that than nothing. But she couldn't let him claim it when it was still a baby. She couldn't do that to her little Marie. <laughs> yeah, <that's re> <laughs> You're good. Yeah, funny. Ha <laughs> ha. You did that. Um, don't leave, Georgina. Keep reading. Okay. Now, for that, um, Jane decided she would make a bargain that wouldn't be collected until little Marie's baby was 40. In 60 years' time, That was long enough, wasn't it? In 60 years at 11.55 p.m. on November 4th, Jane would be long gone. She wouldn't have to see little Marie crying over her own baby. At least little Marie would have a long life. And so Jane went home to the house she would eventually leave for her daughter and read what was written on the piece of paper that the old woman from two roads over had given her. And here you, and here you are, Georgie. That's what Marie calls you. Here you are 60 years to the day. Perhaps you'll go home early tonight. Understandable after reading this. Perhaps you will be lying in your bed at 11.55. A shadow will disconnect itself from the other shadows in the corner. Perhaps the shadow will move across the room. Perhaps it will look like a person as it leans over your bed. Perhaps you will have time to talk to your mother Marie. To your mother Marie about your grandmother Jane, who everyone called Peggy. 
Perhaps Marie will tell you. Perhaps Marie will have time to tell you about how her mother loved her so much and how when you were a baby, Peggy would never hold you on her lap. Your grandfather was a powerful man. We have learned a lot from the books he left behind. We have been reading from them when the moon is full, when it is waning, and when it is dim. This is being recorded. We wanted you to squirm. You can get down from the stage now. Somebody buy her a drink. That's not funny. Uh, <laughs> That's not funny. Georgie starred Georgina McEvitt. It was written and directed by Peter Dunn and produced by Liam Geraghty. The Sconra team are Julie Hawk, Claire Martin and Tara Mullen. 
Steelovit was the sound engineer on the night. The haunting a cappella you heard was the Dulciana Vocal Ensemble, an upper voice choir from Dublin. They were performing Kunla, composed by Michael McGlynn. You can follow them on Instagram at Dulciana Vocal Ensemble. You can also follow Skonra at Skonra Presents. Not to mention, you'll also find Petrified on Instagram at Petrified underscore pod. All of the links are in the description. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.